children. Let us pray. Gracious, all-knowing Lord, as we hear your word this morning, grant us understanding that we might follow your life-giving ways and be your light in this world through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning, Psalter reading is Psalm 118, verses 19 through 29. Listen for the word of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. Thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning and happy Palm Sunday. The gospel reading is found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Listen again for the word of the Lord. When they had come near Jerusalem, and had reached Bethphage, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, fill us with your spirit that your preached word will fall fresh on us today. 
Let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ. Amen. The subject of this morning is prepare your hearts for the king. All four Gospels speak of Jesus coming to Jerusalem for the last time in his public ministry and being received warmly by large crowds. Undoubtedly, many in the crowds traveling from Galilee and the surrounding areas to Jerusalem for the Passover would have heard about Jesus' teaching and miracles. He had revealed various, he had healed various diseases, including leprosy, calmed the storm, healed the blind, the lame, and deaf, and did other acts of God. Perhaps many had recently witnessed his last healing of the two blind men sitting by the road as they were leaving Jericho. I imagine the number of people swelling into the tens of thousands, if not more, as they got closer and closer in anticipation of this great national celebration. In the Gospel of John, we learned that the people were already astonished by Jesus in the surrounding neighborhoods of Jerusalem, where they were aware of him raising Lazarus from the dead. The miracles of Jesus in the backwoods of Galilee would not have been impressive, but surely the healing in their own backyard made a difference. One scholar notes that there would have been about two million people pouring in and around Jerusalem for the Passover. Undoubtedly, many were patriotic souls soured by the Roman occupation who thought Jesus was the one and only leader, the political messiah, the earthly king, who could mastermind such an opposition. The already enthusiastic religious crowds were preparing themselves, and now they felt assured that Jesus could bring about political change. If a great general or emperor entered a city, his entry contained certain elements. The occasion was a victory over an enemy or a formal visit to a great city. People would welcome the conqueror walking before and after him and praising him. He might visit a local temple and correct abuses or offer sacrifices. They would have entered the city on a war horse, a royal steed, or a chariot. A man's horse then was like a person's car today. It says something about the rider or the driver. If someone is in their 20s and is driving a fixer-upper, it might suggest that they are a student. If it is an older person driving a red sports car, it might speak to the fact that they're in middle age or maybe they have great taste. In ancient times, a triumphal entry was similar to a victory parade. Like the President of the United States, who was driven in the presidential limousine on inauguration day. It's no wonder the disciples put their garments on the donkeys and the large crowds laid out the ceremonial red carpet lining the streets with their clothes and branches over which a king should ride. The coronation process was for a king who they thought would use his supernatural powers to take on the enemy of the state, the Roman Empire. In great passion and hope, 
The crowds repeatedly shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The enthusiasm was surely palpable as the ground must have rumbled underneath their feet. However, their hopes and dreams turned out to be a misinterpretation of who Jesus was. Hosanna, originally a prayer found in our psalm this morning, Psalm 118 verse 25 means, Save we pray, became no more than a religious hurrah or hail to the king. Calling Jesus the son of David had messianic overtones, but now a battle cry where Jesus would be a warrior-like king, like David, to fight and defeat Caesar and the Roman army. And the phrase, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, which has end times implications, became their Jesus, who would reign over the earthly throne with Jerusalem as their capital. There was no better time than the festival day of Passover for the people to celebrate their hope that God would deliver them and that Jesus would be their deliverer. When Jesus arrived with the noisy crowds, the whole city was in turmoil and asked, who is this? The crowds missed all the cues of who Jesus is and said to the people of the whole city in verse 11, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Things are not always what they seem. Until Jesus, until then, Jesus' ministry was relatively silent. But now he choreographed his royal entrance. Jesus intended to present himself as the new king with an unexpected kingdom who came to rule in the hearts and minds of the people. Jesus, his disciples, and the large crowds could have walked into the city, but they made a pit stop at one of Jerusalem's suburbs called Bethphage. Jesus was prepared to enter the holy city, the city of God, Jerusalem, by which all rights he ruled as king. In reversal of what others did, Jesus secured a beast of burden instead of a war horse. He carried out this symbolic act by riding in on a young donkey. The text uses poetic parallelism, picturing the animal as a donkey, a donkey's colt that would emphasize Jesus as being humble and gentle. Thus, Jesus is not performing a circus act by riding two donkeys at once, but magnifying his divine claim as the king. Jesus fulfills the major prophecy of Zechariah 9 and 9. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Isaiah 62 and 11 is used in the first clause. Tell the daughter of Zion, where the passage promises the coming of a savior. Jesus' triumphal entry was an act of grace and mercy, not an act of justice or judgment. 
He had come not to save his people from Rome's oppression, but from their grip on sin in their lives. He had come to save and would soon consummate his saving grace at Calvary. When the people misunderstood Jesus, they followed him. When they understood him, they wanted to crucify him. Their hearts were not prepared to meet the true king. When our hearts are prepared to meet King Jesus, we will respond to Christ's grace, transform our words into deeds, and proclaim Christ as our king. This is what Jesus wants of us. Will you receive Jesus Christ as your king? Whenever Christ wants us to receive him into our hearts, it is always through a deliberate act of grace. Jesus was intentional and let nothing get in the way of who he was and what he came to do. Jesus deliberately and carefully fulfilled the prophecy of Zechariah 9 and 9, which gives us a heads up and three warnings. The heads up is to whom the message is directed. Verse 5, tell the daughter of Zion, we are God's people. The first warning is the king is coming to you. Brothers and sisters, we must be ready. Second, the king will come in meekness. Don't look in the wrong places. Third, King Jesus will come riding in on a donkey. Christ's presence is not what you will expect. The precise planning to fulfill the prophecy shows Jesus is working out God's will in our lives. Jesus' deliberateness in coming to us is to shower us with his grace. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9 says, For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, th that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. God's grace was dramatized in Jesus riding in on a donkey, and through the Spirit, he makes grace available enough for us to see it in our lives today. Gracious words, Patience, acts of kindness, prayer, and scripture reading are some ways we can experience and know God's grace. Jesus went into Jerusalem then as he desires to come into our hearts today to save us through the forgiveness of sin. Christ's deliberate act of grace calls for each of us to have a deliberate response to receive him into our hearts. When we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, we must take time to do God's work, even do the small things. As insignificant as it may sound, two disciples carried out Christ's special mission of retrieving the donkey and her colt. The text says the Lord needs them. 
It can be easy to overlook the people whose names are not mentioned in the various ministries or written in the bulletin who do the small things so that God might get all the glory and praise. They serve out of a labor of love for the Lord because they know and trust Jesus. Larger ministry opportunities and more visibility are not always better, but being faithful is always the calling for those who receive Christ into their hearts. A quote from the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by Richard Carrison, speaks some truth for our work as disciples when he writes, As long as you think more is better, you'll never be satisfied. We must do the work that is before us. We do not know the names of the two disciples who received Jesus' command to get the animals, but they followed his voice, even if they did not fully understand. We must prayerfully discern what the Lord is saying to us today and trust the Spirit's movement as we journey together. Christ's mission is for you and me to serve him. And no matter the task we are given, any task, no matter how small, is essential for the kingdom in which Christ is calling us to live and participate. Doing Christ's work faithfully requires us to say, yes, Lord, to his invitation. And in our response to Christ's invitation, we ought to proclaim Jesus Christ as our King. Christ invites his presence daily into our hearts and minds. We are given many opportunities to know Jesus and to be his disciples. Too often, we learn about Jesus through hearsay, YouTube videos, and other forms of tech, but frankly, it is an insufficient way of learning about Jesus. We are all called to read and study God's word and share it with our neighbors and the world. The crowds mentioned in verse 8, 9, and 11 who walked with Jesus used the right words and received him with palms and praise for their idea of King Jesus but they misunderstood his mission. Jesus came to save us through a kingship marked by a cross rather than a throne. The cross is where our sin, suffering, and rejection are forgiven, and we are made new in Christ Jesus. When Jesus becomes our king, our world will be disrupted and turned upside down the word turmoil in verse 10. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil. Also means shaken and is the Greek word from which we get the word seismic. When we receive Christ the King in our hearts, as Jerusalem received turmoil in his birth in Jerusalem, in chapter 2, verse 3, and in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, in verse 10, our lives will experience a seismic shift for the glory of God. We will be transformed and inspired by the Holy Spirit to proclaim Jesus as our King to the world, a message that we cannot keep to ourselves. We must go and tell somebody. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus came that we might receive him 
as our king. The one who comes as the true Messiah, our savior, who came riding lowly and humbly on a young colt, desires to be our king of peace. He came to rescue and deliver us through the forgiveness of sin and salvation through his sacrificial work on the cross at Calvary. Let your palms be your praise. Lay down your clothes and all what you have at the feet of Jesus to tell the world who reigns in your life. Respond to the seismic shift of his presence so that we might know for ourselves Jesus as our prophet, priest, and king who lovingly and eternally seeks to fill our hearts and transform our lives. Let us faithfully cry out this day, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Prepare your hearts to receive the King today. Amen.